0: Hello and welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand, and Happy New Year if you're listening to this on time. If you're not, well, it's already 2016 and it's still a good new year for you to start. Now today's going to be a little bit of a rant, I suppose. This is a solo episode. I wanted to talk with you about perfectionism and how negatively impactful being a perfectionist is to your overall health. And this is from a combination of places that I've come to this conclusion. One is a book that I recently read called The Perfection Deception, but also I've noticed it in my own life. When I go to create a piece of content, for example, anybody that's out there that's a blogger or a writer or a podcaster, I've heard many people say, I do 100 takes of the same thing over and over because I messed up on a word or whatever. And maybe in the beginning of the show, I used to do that more where I would cut something and then replay it. But now I just go for it because putting yourself out there is most of the time going to be better than worrying about the stress of perfectionism, worrying that you said a word weird or you mispronounced something or your voice cracked, you know, something silly like that. And, this doesn't just apply to content creators too. This applies to you if you're a some someone who's trying to get through life and you don't want to burn yourself out. Now, I have a couple clients that are really high-performing people and they're both female and they admitted, you know, on their new client paperwork that they were perfectionists. They put that as one of their complaints. And so they were actually conscious of being a perfectionist and what negative impact that was having on their health so if you're that far along and you realize yay I am an OCD person or no I'm not then that's the first step is to really identify if you if you have that perfectionistic type personality so let's talk about why why has perfectionism become so popular Why is it such a big deal, and what does it actually do to us on a biochemical level? So first, I'm going to go through a couple statistics that were really helpful that I pulled from this book here. 99% of American homes and in industrialized countries had at least one TV, and TV and movies and advertising, you know that, it acts as a mirror. That's the goal of advertising, when you see the Cadillac commercial or the Porsche commercial, you're like, oh man, my Honda Accord is not good enough anymore. I, I need to get this Porsche. And maybe you don't consciously feel that way. Maybe you, you think, oh, I don't think anything of that. I would never want that car. But on a subliminal level, we begin to get programmed by these different things, these different images of, say, the picture-perfect family that we see on the internet or that we see on a movie advertisement and then we think god my family's nothing like that we we have quarrels and arguments and whatever and my family must be a failure i wish i had a family like that so this doesn't just have to be about materialistic items this could be just about you as a person this could be especially for women about their body image now i know a lot of companies are actually trying to be trendy and show women that are not bikini models and put them in clothes you know women that are plus size or just women that are look more like your average woman than a model and I think that's a great way that we can try to reverse this perfectionism virus that sort of spread throughout the culture now here's a fun fact in 1950 13% of your television viewing was advertising now today it's closer to one-third or even 35% compared to 13% back in the 50s to nearly 35% of television now is advertising. And I know you've heard me say it a million times, I don't have a TV in my house, but when I do go to, say, a restaurant or to a family's house, I'll see a TV on, it's typically going to be drug commercials, car commercials, viagra i mean all sorts of just crazy stuff where people are seeing images that they're not good enough and i know you see the same thing too now the reason that traditional media is not my biggest concern is because a lot of you listening are people who listen to podcasts and you're on the computer the internet more than you're watching tv probably and i believe the internet is the most accurate mirror of representing society representing real people now obviously there's advertising on the internet as well and that can make you feel like you're not adequate enough because you're looking at someone's social media following or you're looking at their Facebook pictures and you're seeing how perfect their life is right that can be just as problematic for you but I do believe that the internet is going to be more accurate that's you're going to be able to hear podcasts like myself and you're going to be able to be around more non-commercial media, right? You can go on YouTube and watch someone's vlog. You can go on YouTube and watch my instructional videos, for example, talking about you know these health topics, for example. Check that YouTube channel out if you haven't already. I have probably a dozen whiteboard videos where I'm up there demonstrating some things visually. It's It's a blast to be able to do that. It's just another channel for if you're a visual learner compared to podcasting. But people are addicted to the internet because it's so it's so refreshing compared to the conventional paradigm of media that we're so inundated with most of the time. And so now you get to actually hear and see what real life and real people are like. And so I think that's part of what's going to help us get rid of this perfectionism virus is to tune into non mainstream media and tune into smaller people and small channels and just people living everyday life because that's going to help us relate more. Now, what does this actually do? I'm going to talk more about some examples of of perfectionism and and what it can do, how you can sort of reverse that. But what does it actually do to you? So if I go back to the story of the client who she told me, she was a perfectionist, we look at her amount of stress. And she had a very high stress job. So we run her adrenals. We do an at-home salivary adrenal test and look at her cortisol pattern and we see that she is completely tanked out where she's in what's considered stage three adrenal fatigue. She is urinating more frequently than usual. She is having sometimes headaches or lightheadedness when she goes from a lying to a sitting and standing position. Sometimes she feels like she's going to pass out. She gets those low blood sugar type symptoms where she feels sort of irritable or fatigued or shaky if she goes too long without eating. She wakes up in the middle of the night she has a little bit of anxiety and depression that popped up. I could go on and on, but you see the idea, and these things pop out like me. You know, they they pop out at me, just like a red thumb, like a sore thumb. I mean, it's just boom, adrenal issues. So we tested them, and boom, she was low. She was stage three adrenal fatigue, and that doesn't that doesn't have to be scary. Stage three doesn't. It's not like cancer where you're toast. If you're stage 3, stage 4, and your chances of survival are significantly reduced, that's not how it is with adrenal fatigue at all. That's just the terminology that you use to mean that you've burned the candle at both ends and your stress bucket is empty, and now you have to replenish that level. So what we did is we created a customized, and when I say we, I say I mean myself, I created a customized adrenal protocol for her to follow and within three to six weeks, she's feeling better. Now, she's not completely out of the rabbit hole that quickly, but that's how quickly she was able to get relief of some of those symptoms. Now, obviously, I can't fix the perfectionism and a personality trait like that overnight. But if we give someone you know, like her or yourself more fuel that's going to help you f- build that stress bucket back up, you're going to be able to tolerate change. And if you're trying to work on yourself at a deeper level, emotional, spiritual level, it's going to be hard to do that if you have adrenal issues. So addressing that first is going to be the best root cause way to fix this OCD, what am I saying? Perfectionistic type attitude. So here's a couple examples of of what kind of relates to to me in, in the clinic of examples that drive people to make bad mistakes. Say you eat one bite of ice cream and you think, oh, my diet is completely ruined. I just had a bite of ice cream. I might as well just eat all of this now. I might as well just eat the whole carton because I've already ruined it. Or I was at the Thanksgiving party or the Christmas party or the New Year's Eve party, whatever, and I saw the cookies and the brownies, and I just ate one bite, and I said I was going to eat one bite, and so now I've exposed myself to gluten. Now I've ruined myself. I might as well just eat the rest of these brownies on this plate. That's That type of catastrophic thinking is what can get you into trouble because things aren't that black and white. Now, am I going to ever recommend that you eat gluten? Not necessarily. Even if you don't have celiac disease, it's important to keep gluten out of the diet just for your inflammation levels and to reduce your chances of leaky gut that leads to leaky brain things like that. So, it's just not a good food in general, but if you eat one bite of it, there's no reason that you should just say that all bets are off in terms of your diet and you're just going to completely give up on everything and you're not going to pay attention to what you eat anymore. So, that's the type of the thinking that gets people in trouble. Now, here's another, here's a couple other ones. If you didn't work out the past few weeks, so say your goal was to get on a walking routine or get on a fitness routine. Typically for most of my clients, and you know this if you're listening already, you're getting a typical prescription, so to speak, for about fifteen minutes of walking in the morning and in the evening, getting exposed to that bright light in the morning whenever possible so you can help regulate your circadian rhythm. Now a lot of people they know that they're supposed to do that but they may not do it because life happens and so they beat themselves up and it's like well I didn't walk the past few weeks so I'm just not going to exercise anymore at all I'm just going to lay on the couch and just give up or even for students now this can apply to your to your children as well where they may feel pressure academically or in athletics where if they get a B in school they think, oh, I could have got an A. Or if I get a 3.8 GPA, oh, your kid could have got a 4.0 and they feel like they're not good enough. At a certain level, you have to just accept the level or accept things the way they are. And stressing over that minor difference in what could have been is really not worth the additional stress. Like for me personally, I was someone who I never bought any of my books in college and I would take the exams and I would get mostly A's and some, definitely some B's, and I would just move forward. I would never focus on perfection. Now, I'm definitely not perfect by any means, and I don't ever want you to think that I'm the, the model of perfect, but I've definitely realized at an early age in life that the additional stress that I saw some of my you know, friends and colleagues or whatever you would want to call them trying to always achieve for more their rate of burnout was significantly higher. Now maybe you have somebody like this at your job where they're sort of the go-getter and maybe you even have a little bit of envy towards them. You're like, oh man, they're prettier than me or they have more muscles than me or they probably get paid more than me or they just seem like they have a better life. And there's maybe a little bit of envy or jealousy that comes out towards them. Most of the time, those people are trying to push themselves so hard that it's going to be wearing themselves out in the long run. So... You don't always have to be the alpha male or the alpha female or be on top, the number one spot every time because a lot of the number one spot people have significant pressure on them. Now, here's another one, another perfectionistic example where you can get a thousand positive compliments on a YouTube video or on your Facebook page, on your picture, right? A thousand likes. And then there's one person that says, oh, you're ugly or, oh, this video sucked Immediately, all of those positive likes go out of the window. And they call this critics' math, where no matter how much good praise you could have, one negative thing towards you it just kills you. And that's something that's really hard to let go. But if you can do that, it's it's very powerful. There's a quote that I wanted to mention before I I move on. Comparison is an act of violence against the self. So literally. You know, violence against yourself is, is comparison. So if you're always comparing yourself to other people, what is that actually doing? Is that reducing your productivity? Or are you spending so much time focused on others that you're not actually enabling yourself to achieve the things that you want? I'm not accusing. I'm just saying, be aware of that if that's the case. I've certainly done it in my past, and it gets in the way. It gets in the way of you creating the life that you want to create. So that being said, let go. Focus on being okay with the things that you have. Realize that there's always room for progress, and that's totally normal, but you don't have to achieve for that number one spot. Settling for number two may be all you need in life, and the reduction in stress that it's going to take for you to achieve that number two spot instead of that number one spot, that stress reduction that you can have is going to benefit you in the long run, and you're not going to be burning yourself out as quickly as other people. Now, on the flip side of this thing, this perfectionist problem or this perfection deception, I wanted to spend some time here talking with you about something that's going to be very profound for you in the new year, and that is to get organized. So this doesn't mean perfectionistic organized where everything has a sticky note attached to it with a label or a label maker. You've label maker your toaster or something crazy. It doesn't have to be excessive, but something that has been fundamental for me to get systems in place and make my life work smoother. And something that I recommend to my clients often is to try to organize your life in some way. So whether that's your home life where, say, you have a bookshelf that's got a bunch of knickknacks on it or you have that that junk drawer in your kitchen where it's got random pens and highlighters and Sharpie markers and things like that that you never touch but you keep just in case you need it, allow yourself some time over the next couple weeks to where you can just go to town and purge purge your closet of the the messiness there or the 50 shirts that you never wear but you keep just because there's so much stuff that you can rid of your life in terms of physical things you know excess books that you can donate somewhere i just actually donated two old computers yesterday that i had laying around and i was like oh i felt so good to get that get that out of my office I you heard about the book giveaway where I freed 50 books Janet I'm sure she's listening uh, a girl named Janet won and she's getting probably $500 worth of books and it's she's gonna love it and it freed up space for me and I was ready to pass those books on anyway but these are just a couple examples of things that you can do in your environment that's gonna help you focus better So if you feel like you've been spinning your wheels and you feel like you're maybe trying to achieve something that you thought was perfection, maybe a reason that you weren't able to be as productive towards your goal, which could create even more stress, and you're like, oh, I'm not getting what I want, I'm not getting where I want to, is because you have a lot of physical clutter around that's cluttering up your mind. And the more simple, the more minimalist you can become, the better you're going to be able to be. Now, there's a book on Amazon. I don't recall the complete name. I think it was called The Science of Tidying Up. But if you go to Amazon and you just type in Tidy Up, you should be able to find it. I personally haven't read the book, but I heard Shalene Johnson. She's another podcaster. She talks a lot about improving your life. She was talking about this book and how it really helped her. She was folding up all of her clothes more neatly. She... Put some things in drawers and organize things by categories and stuff like that. Now, obviously, that can get out of hand and that can lead into the same problem we were talking about in the first place, which is that perfectionistic mindset. But most of the time, it's going to take a really long way for you to go from having clutter to perfectionism. So just find a happy medium. Organize things. Get rid of stuff that you don't need. Donate it. Give it to your family members. If you have old clothes, give it to somebody who wants it. Donate it to... Goodwill or Salvation Army or some other type of charitable organization where you can declutter yourself. And that's really what's going to help you in the new year. Now, obviously, I'm going to jump right back in in the next following weeks to more health topics. But this is something that I've been doing behind the scenes and working on personally. Myself, my wife, we got rid of, I would say, two to three garbage bags full of clothes. Maybe that doesn't sound like a lot, but for somebody who tries to pride on not having too much stuff, two to three garbage bags for us was a lot, and we feel so much better. Now the closets are cleaner, they're more simple, and now we actually have what we love. So that was, that's the one thing. I feel like I'm blabbing here, and you're like, okay, dude, I get the point. You're spending 10 minutes telling me to clean up and, and get more organized. Here's the deal. Keep stuff that you love. If you don't absolutely love something, and this is especially helpful for books and clothes. If you don't love it, get rid of it. If it's a shirt where you're like, ah, I may wear this on a dirty day where we're painting the house. How often do you paint the house? Not very often. So get rid of that. If it's something that you love and you're like, yes, this is one of my favorite shirts, keep it. That's great. You don't even have to think about it. But most of the time, if you just use your intuition and use that gut feeling I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. And it takes a little bit of work and it takes a little bit of like, ah, you may get a pit in your stomach because you're getting rid of, of so many clothes and so many books and nostalgia things that you've been holding onto for, for 20 years. But we've done this process with my grandparents at their house. Once we got them moved over to a smaller house and it was like a religious experience, just purging so much stuff that accumulated over 50 years of marriage with them. So, I've seen what it does for them. I've seen what it does for me. I know what it does to help some of my clients. And I wanted to pass this message and this inspiration on to you to start your new year is that you can get some things improving. You can start that snowball that's going to be your friend. You want that friendly snowball of momentum as you head into the new year. The perfect way to do that is to clean up your physical environment. It doesn't have to be perfection. But just cleaning up a little bit, organizing some things better, getting that random knick-knack thing on your desk that you've never used, maybe like a paper catcher or a stapler or something silly that you never touch but it's been on your desk and it makes you feel comfortable to have it there. Push yourself out of that comfort zone and remove that item from your desk or your bookshelf or your kitchen table or your living room table whatever it is just get rid of it and and free yourself up and with all this newfound energy then you're going to be able to apply that to other stuff you're going to be able to to dial your diet back in a little bit more you're going to be able to prioritize eating a good breakfast and you're going to be able to prioritize cooking at home a little bit more and you're not going to feel so rushed and hurried that you just have to go run and and pick something up out at a restaurant to eat you're going to be able to free up all this energy and you're going to be able to walk in your house and you're just going to be like oh, this feels good, and you can relax. And when things are clear and clean and minimalist, you can relax. So I know this sounds like a paradoxical episode. Here I am saying don't be a perfectionist, and now I'm saying clean everything up. Just find that middle ground. I promise you're going to succeed, and you're going to feel so much better. So I'm sure I could rant and go on and on and blah, 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 but you've gotten the spark notes here, so take action, and I'm going to end this one now. It's been so fun talking with you in 2015. I look forward to our 2016 year together. I'm very hopeful that the prevalence of functional medicine and what I'm doing here is going to spread to the mainstream. Other people are going to be talking about the things that I'm talking about on this show. I see conventional medicine as something that we're always going to rely on but I see it to continue to be on its path of failure for getting to the root cause of chronic illness that you may be struggling with you know weight gain depression fatigue energy problems joint pain digestive issues all of the stuff that I work on with people around the world I see conventional medicine still going to struggle with this stuff in 2016 I don't see the tide turning just yet so we're still gonna have to rely on functional medicine And that's not a bad thing at all. That's great. I've been able to improve so many symptoms that I never even thought I could fix in people, things that you wouldn't even believe improve when you just focus on the foundations of health. So next time you hear some other podcast and they're like, hey, here's this new miracle supplement or here's this new miracle fat-burning sugar detox program, whatever, don't fall for that stuff, okay? It's goofy. Focus on your foundations, your good nutrition, good quality sleep good quality stress management make sure you're doing something to investigate test investigate your adrenal glands that is your number one most important thing get your digestive health in order make sure that you're getting plenty of water good good fats in your diet good fats and proteins you're taking a high quality fish oil you're taking something that's going to help keep your blood sugar stable if you are under a lot of stress or you are burning the candle at both ends. You're making sure that you're supplying enough rest time into your go, go, go time. These are some of the things that go so far for people, but they're so commonly ignored. And if you are struggling and you're ready to take that next step, then reach out. You know, I offer 15-minute phone or Skype consultations for international people. We use Skype. For U.S. people, we use the phone. And I'll talk with you at no charge. Let's talk about your health symptoms and where you're headed. Maybe New Year's is... Maybe you're one of those New Year's resolution, Woohoo! I personally think that most of those things fall short. But if this is what it takes, if it's this time of year to motivate you, then that's totally fine. I'm going to say, hey, whatever gets you rolling, then that's perfect. I totally accept whatever it takes to get you rolling. But as soon as you get that snowball rolling and you start to improve yourself, your potential is just unlimited. So always remember that. Always remember that there's a another layer of enjoyment that you can feel in life and that when someone tells you that you're limited and that you're going to have to deal with xyz for the rest of your life and that's just the way it is get used to your knee or your fingers or your wrist hurting be skeptical because i've seen some pretty miraculous things over the past few years so that's it this is evan brand signing out certified functional medicine practitioner and nutritional therapist I'm certified in personal training, but I don't talk too much about that anymore because fitness is a piece that is important, but I just love geeking out on the other stuff more. So make sure you check out the website. Go get my book for free, Stress Solutions. You can get it for free at the website, not just paleo.com. Enter your email as soon as you get to the homepage if you have not already, and you'll get my book for free. The YouTube channel is there. Everything's there. 99% of what I do is free, so... I just want to get this info out to you, and I wish you a happy new year. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Why I'm in the tie, I gotta watch out, girl Don't wanna see her cry, her eyes out, girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you better